I'm going to go into that classroom today and show them who's boss. It's episode 20, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right, stop what you're doing right now and listen up or there will be serious repercussions. Now, I hope you guys know that was sarcastic. Do we ever walk into the classroom with that type of statement? Let's do it again. All right, stop what you're doing now and listen up or there will be serious repercussions. We're going to talk about that today. I'm I'm going to, uh, some things I had been wanting to talk about for a while that I have picked up in other places, some things that I think we need to discuss, and just some observations I've made. Everybody's got a different teaching style. Let me, let me say that right off the bat. We're all going to do things a little bit different. I'm just going to share with you my observations of some of the things I've seen. First of all, two things. I've done enough subalert and jobulator comparison now to do what I think, you know, maybe finally come to a conclusion. I will tell you, as stubborn as I am to admit this, that subalert was probably my fastest notification. I'm going to say 90% of the time. Now, at the same time, Jobulator was often only maybe 10 seconds at the most behind that. But take that for what it's worth. If you like the style of Jobulator better, I'd say stick with it. I might actually become a sub-alert convert because I've seen how, uh, how how much quicker it is. Now, I don't like the way it's set up font-wise as much as Jobulator, but that's okay. I've, I've learned to read it, and I've learned to understand it. So that's what I'm going to do. So take that for what it's worth. Secondly, I definitely want to get some more of you guys in here for interviews. So here's what I'm going to do. On the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page this week, and then on the podcast next week, I'm going to start listing a list of topics because... There are topics that I'm not as good at, on there, so there's going to be a lot of them, obviously, that, that you guys will be. I want to get you guys on here for interviews, so I want some from across the country. We will do that. By the way, I mentioned the Curious Kid podcast. We've got something kind of special in the works there. It's going to take us a little while longer to get all that together. I hope you're listening to it. They just started a presidential feature once a week, too, that I've been using in class. So it's really good. Listen to that podcast. But these topics will be based on things that I want to discuss and discuss with you, actually. So... That will be, again, on the Substitute Teacher's Lounge Facebook page this week sometime and then on next week's podcast. Just a reminder, let's remember the email is gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. Twitter is at subteachlounge. And again, that Facebook page is Substitute Teacher's Lounge, just like the name of the podcast. One other little piece of housekeeping that I want to reluctantly mention is, you know, I hope you know from the beginning that I want this to remain an advertising-free podcast. I do want you to know that I have been approached in a couple of different ways about, you know, this type of thing, and I don't want that to be a turnoff to the listeners. Here's what the conclusion I've come to. 
I do not want to just have any straight advertising on here, such as if somebody contacts me to sell a product that I don't use, there's no way I'm going to advertise that. So I'll say that right from the beginning. There's two other ways that I want to mention to you, and it's because of this. I actually want your opinion. I want you to tell me anything from Greg. I think that will be okay to Greg. If you do that, I'll stop listening because first and foremost, this is here for you. I didn't set this podcast up to be a money-making venture. I just set it up to be helpful because I enjoy substitute teaching. And I know all of you out there listening do as, as well. There are two things that could happen, but I want your opinion first. First of all, there's just a, a licensing type thing that perhaps if I find something that I use in the substitute teacher's environment and I really like it, I might share that with you and share a link to how you can have that too through the Facebook page or something like that. That gives me a few dollars and just helps me to you know, stay up on my equipment and pay my podcasting fees and that type of thing. You know, that's the most I would do. I would never advertise anything that wasn't substitute teacher related. The other thing I've been approached by a, they're, they're getting very popular now. They're called podcast networks. And I'll actually mention that I've seen them used on other podcasts that I've listened to. Basically what they are, you join the network and then each, each episode I would mention maybe one other podcast in that network and that would help that podcast to grow. And I'll be honest with you, I've seen this used on other podcasts and it's actually helped me to find podcasts I didn't know were out there that I am now listening to and enjoy quite a bit. So if I do anything, it's going to be one of those two things, okay? But I want your opinion. I'm going to post a poll probably on the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page to try to make it as easy as possible. So you're not going to have to email me or anything like that. Just go to the Facebook page, Substitute Teachers Lounge, and vote there. And we will go from there because, again, I want this to be a useful thing to, to you. And at least both of those that I mentioned would be useful because you'd have some resources for to use in your substitute teaching. Or you'd find another podcast that you would enjoy listening to. So if I do anything, it will be one of those two things. Now, for today's topic, I follow a lot of substitute teacher pages on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I follow some regular teacher pages too, but I'm much more interested in the substitute teacher side. So I follow a lot of those, and I'm not going to mention any of them specifically when I get into this discussion because I don't want you to know, know specifically where this came from. But I've kind of noticed a trend, and I wanted you to, I was, I'd studied it for a while, researched it the last couple of weeks, and I've come to some conclusions that I want you to know about. As you might expect, and this would be true probably of any discussion board, there are negative comments on discussion boards, and there's positive comments on the discussion boards. What I have noticed on the substitute teacher type pages and Twitter accounts and that type of thing is that it's usually about 75% negative. Now, that's probably life itself, for that matter. If, if we're not careful, we tend to talk negatively maybe 75% of the time. 
you know, it's funny, coincidentally, I'm actually, I get the pleasure of, of speaking at my local church's uh, youth rally this weekend to youth, and that's one of the topics we're going to talk about there, that, that it has to do with not being judgmental and not speaking negatively of others, so it's really kind of ironic, and also ironic, I'm going to use Kahoot at that uh, youth rally to try to gather some data on, you know, do they think at times we can be too judgmental? Do we talk negative against others too much? And maybe we can all grow from that. So I'm going to let you know the results of that. There'll probably be about 250 people there, and I'll let you know how they vote in that Kahoot poll when we do that. But here's one of the things I noticed on those substitute teachers' pages a lot of times you will have people that post on there that they can't wait to get to a school to show the students that they're the boss, that what they say goes, you know, they're, it's, it's their way or the highway, all those cliches. You know, they're kind of talking like that from the beginning. So I started watching posts from those people just to see if they also post after the fact about what they did. And they normally did. And my uh, my general impression is those that were talking from the bossy standpoint or maybe even from the nervous or negative standpoint in the beginning, after they filled in that day for that, for that teacher, they would get back on and post negatively again. I very rarely saw anybody say, I'm really nervous about this particular day and then come back on and say, oh, it was great. But I see all the time people posting about, I went in there and let them know what I, you know, I, I started yelling at them for, from the beginning and tried to be the big boss. And I very rarely see those type of people come back on and post something positive, like it went well after all that. Normally, the ones that post negative in the beginning, they're also posting bad results in the end. So that's just my observation on the negative side. Then on the flip side, there tends to be a trend on the positive side as well. I've noticed when people post, not so much that they're not nervous, but just post how much they're looking forward to substitute teaching in a particular area. Maybe it's the first time they've tried middle school or high school. I've actually run into to that myself uh, a, a few weeks back where a teacher came a substitute teacher came up to me in the hallway when you know when I was substitute teaching before the day started and she said I'm a little bit nervous today because I normally teach in elementary school and this is my first time in high school so now I admit that is kind of a culture shock it would be to me I haven't taught that much elementary school at all but you know I could tell from her personality and her attitude that if she hadn't told me she was nervous, I wouldn't have expected her to be nervous. And she saw me at the end of the day and said she really liked it, and I've seen her in high school since then. So it went well for her. So other people on this the discussion boards that I'm talking about now, normally when I see them post something that they're really looking forward uh, to the challenge of substitute teaching at a certain level, Usually, after the fact, when they come back and post after the job is done, they talk, instead of talking negatively, they're talking positively about how well the day went. In fact, they're usually talking uh, positively about it 
even if they mention an issue that they had because they were able to handle it and it turned out to be a positive day and they and the students seemed to grow together in that regard. So I want us to kind of set back and think a little bit. What do we normally do when we go into the classroom? Are we jumping off the edge and trying to make them see how serious we are and how what, you know, what we say goes and we mean business and all that type of thing? You know from the comments that I began the podcast with today just to kind of get your attention. If I said that in a classroom, they would take it negatively and probably tune out right away. And if I constantly talk to you guys that way, I'd have no listeners left. You guys would just leave. You have the option of doing that. So I trend towards the positive side. So you know that, though. You've heard me share that before. And there are different teaching styles. I'm all right with that. You have to do what you have to do. I'm also aware that I live in a smaller area. Not that we don't have issues we have to deal with here, but I'm not sure it would be the same if I, if I lived in a large metropolitan area. I'm not sure. I can't speak to that. You know, maybe the kids are the same all over. It's just a larger group of kids or you know they're just in a different type of environment but we have to deal with all that from day to day so I think a lot of it has to do with whether we choose to enter our day positively or negatively let me give you an example that I had happen in past weeks there was one student that I thought was you know, I wouldn't say extremely, but I would definitely use the word very disruptive in class. All the students knew it. All the students were really used to it. In fact, they told me he acted like that most of the time. So I tried to do some things to calm him down a little bit. You know, ironically, he wasn't just doing that, not doing his work. He was being disruptive while he was getting his work done. So it was kind of a unique situation. Occasionally, I would walk back there and sit in his area, and he would calm down a little bit. I I kind of think I at times made him nervous when I did that, so I'd walk away a little bit, then I'd come back. I would speak to him cordially. I would call his name and say, come on, buddy, get your work done, and he would start back to work for a little while before he started being disruptive again. There wasn't any kind of safety issue. He never used bad language. He's made some comments about things that he shouldn't have made comments about uh, that, you know, a couple had to do with the drug culture. He just laughed about it. You could tell he was all talk pretty much. But I just hung around with him. I tried to keep him focused. And I didn't know what kind of effect that would have. I could have done two things. I could have finally said, all right, I've had enough with you and I'll write you up right now and do it. And I I'm not sure what that would have meant the next time I saw him. But let me tell you this. I saw him a couple of days later just walking in the hallway between classes. He walked up to me and said, Mr. Collins, how are you doing today? And I cordially returned the hello in a positive way. And, you know, it's it's so crazy to think that that was the same student that was being so disruptive in class. I'm not sure that would have been his attitude if I had written him up. We'll never know. But he was he was very cordial with me. And, and now I'll be honest with you. I think the next time I have him in class, he'll still have his disruptive moments. But the fact that I still treat him positively as a real person, and you know, a junior adult or a young adult or however you want to say that, that went over 
well for me. I'm not saying that would work for every student, but it worked well for me. So I'm glad I took a more positive approach, still trying to get him under control, but yet doing it in a way that he knew that I believed in him and I saw him getting his work done. And that has always worked well for me. Another story that happened in a middle school just a couple of weeks ago. Now, you know, I've told you this before, that my strategy at the end of the day in a class is not to report bad classes, but instead, I prefer to tell them what I thought was the best class of the day. And to be honest, it works out well during the day, too, because I let those students know that I always pick a best class of the day. In fact, I don't even need to do that anymore. They know that when they see me, that by the end of the day, I'm going to pick a best class. It's not always the same class. At the same time, I'm not spreading it around, every consciously spreading it around just to keep things even. I try to motivate them to be the best class. And I've noticed when I do that, even some of these students that tend to be you know, small problems from time to time. They they do okay when I do that. But let me tell you what happened one day. I had told, it just so happened that the class that was best that day happened to be my last period. So I told them that they, they were going to be reported as the best class of the day. And one of the students told me, well, you know, she said, our teacher will be shocked because we are never the best class class of the day but then she said but you know it's probably because the two boys that sit here are not here today they're really the troublemakers and it couldn't help but make me think just because those two students were gone that classroom was now the best period of the day so I couldn't help but think you know when we have had trouble with classes in the past it wasn't because it was a bad class it was because there was just a few students in there that gave us problems. More than likely, all the other students were fine. Unfortunately, we often classify that as a bad class. I've seen it in the discussion boards. People said they have a terrible day. The class was terrible. I'm going to guess that maybe, you know, at least the majority of the class was great. It's just that you had enough troublemakers in the class to make your day kind of lousy. So I thought that was an interesting point that I gave the positive period of the day to this class when they're usually what they considered one of the ones that would never receive that award, so to speak. So I thought that was an interesting observation. I've also seen posts on these pages about should I report everything? Now, I've been honest with you guys. Just about, I don't think I've kept any secrets from you. I've shared in these podcasts some of the, you know, sometimes when I've had to deal with language and I chose not to write things up. Maybe I should have by school policy. You know, I didn't ask. I just reacted in the way that I thought would be the most positive environment in that situation. Some, I have read where some have gotten in trouble by not reporting some things. You know, if it was ever a safety issue, obviously I would report that. If it's something that I think is my responsibility to get kids in order, then 
I would take it upon myself to do that rather before I would start reporting things. You know, you're going to get to the point eventually, and I will too, where I probably have to report something. I hope I don't get to that. But it's probably a pipe dream that I won't get to that. Someday it's going to happen. I I don't look forward to that day, but we'll just go with with, uh, what we have to go with. Uh, So I'm of the opinion that students treat us in the way we treat them. I've shared those stories. I won't just repeat stories over and over again, but it has been my observation that that is a fact, that students tend to react very positively if uh, if you're positive with them, negatively if you're negative with them. You have exceptions. Some students act negative all the time. Some students act positive all the time. I had some students this week that, Some of the students were being a little bit messy around the room and not out of control, but just doing some things because they got their work done early. So they were doing some things with paper and that type of thing. And it was interesting when the bell rang and those students left that a few of the students, without me even asking them, just hung around and cleaned it up. I mean, they were just those types of students. So isn't it great to have students like that in your room? So when you're substitute teaching, we have to play the cards we're dealt. I think, you know, the positive approach works well with me. Whatever approach you choose to take works. I hope that works well for you. I'm just giving you my observations. That's what I like to do. I don't write up quickly. I tend to give benefit of the doubt. There probably will be a day when I'll have to do that. I know a lot of you have already had to do that. I hate that for you. I hope to stay on the positive side because I think that pays off in the long run. If I am just negative with the same child all of the time, I don't think I'm going to be able to motivate them too well. If I try to stay positive with them, even when they're not, they don't necessarily return the favor. You know, it's kind of been my experience that they'll eventually come around. You know, I mentioned the guy in the hall, the student in the hallway. You know, it was just me and him talking when he greeted me in a cordial type of way. Maybe that is the only time he would ever do that when he couldn't be seen by others. But he actually didn't look around. He walked right up to me and smiled and said, Mr. Collins, how are you doing today? And I returned the favor, and I thought that was a great moment. But I think the positive, uh, positivity pays off in the long run. There's only two other things that I've mentioned that I've read on some of these discussion boards or just some activity on some of them. I know that uh, a topic that comes up quite often is if when you get in a situation, and this has nothing to do with the students, this has to do with actually accepting jobs. If you accept a job and then something comes up from a family situation and you have to cancel at the last moment, Uh, A lot of people will ask how they think it will affect them in the future. And obviously, that's an answer that only that district can answer because it varies. I know the way ESOP is set up in my area. I can cancel a job that I've accepted right up. I know even sometimes the morning of, sometimes the uh, delete button goes away on ESOP or Frontline, whichever version you're using. And in that case, I would have to actually call somebody. I wouldn't just leave anybody hanging and not show up. But in a lot of areas, those cancel buttons are not there. Or you're dealing with a school that only works through telephone calls. So 
it's hard to answer that type of question for other people. I cannot tell you how you would, it will affect you in the long run. I would assume that if you don't do that very often, things are going to be fine. They will still ask you in the future. Once you build up that reputation with the teacher, they're going to understand and want you to be back in the future. So that's the way I would approach it. One other thing I was going to mention is specifically about Facebook because I thought this was interesting I would, I have, I'll tell you how I approach a situation. If I'm ever asked to become a Facebook friend by one of the students I have taught, I normally uh, don't do that right away. And then if I see them, I'll just say, listen, you know, I'm always concerned that when an adult accepts a invitation to join a Facebook page by a student that's under the age of 18, that I don't want it to present a situation that gives the appearance of looking bad. So I normally, if students ask me like seniors in high school that are already 18, I'll accept those. I usually don't accept them when they're younger. It's not a hard and fast rule. You, you just have to gauge your students and go from there. What has happened to me a lot here recently, I have had parents contact me through Facebook and ask me to be their Facebook friend. Now, you know, I've got to consider that flattering. You know, they at least know through their child that, you know, they think a lot of me as a substitute teacher. So I I think it's very important for me to accept their Facebook uh, page request. I do that. Sometimes it actually has to do with, in fact, often it has to do with parents that I have also met out on either the softball field or the volleyball court as a an official. They've gotten to know me because maybe they're working the table when their team is playing. They talk to me while I'm over there, and we've really gotten to be friends. I know I've actually gotten a lot of podcast listeners from that type of situation, too, so I'm thankful for that. I'm getting more and more teachers telling me, you know, asking me to be their Facebook friend. So I am so excited about that. You know how Facebook works. Once you accept an invitation from a parent, you're probably going to get invitations from other parents that notice that that parent is now Facebook friends of yours. Same with the teachers. Once you accept a invitation from a teacher, you're probably going to get Facebook requests from other teachers that also want to be your Facebook friend. So I'm glad it works that way. I hope today has been helpful for you. I hope that you've gotten some ideas. I would encourage everybody to use the best approach that works for them. I'm just sharing my observations and telling you the best approach that has worked for me. So I'm glad you were here today for episode 20 of Substitute Teachers Lounge. We're coming up on election day. I assume all of us are going to have a little bit shorter week. I'll probably only have a three-day week this week because I am also attending the Kentucky State Volleyball Tournament as a spectator beginning on Friday. So, And this, this just happens to be November 1st, 2019. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, and we will share more with you on the podcast next week. See you next week. Music provided by Ben Sound.